Tammy and I have now been here for three years and two months, but who's counting? The shepherds asked me a week or so ago to give a review to them of, of how we've done in the last few years and such. And this isn't like a Patrick justify your existence thing. It's more of a every so often you need to step back and look at where you are. If you're a visitor here, this is a different kind of Sunday. But that's all right, because we're a different kind of church. This is a family. As Mark Howard said a while ago, this really is my family. This is where I look forward to being. This, I don't go to family reunions because gunfire makes me break out in wee holes. I, and, and because the police keep coming in, I like this family. This is where I, I look forward to. I have minister friends who dread Sunday. I don't get that. This is my favorite day of the week. I get to see my family. Now, putting together this report, didn't do it all on my own. Gary Schrader asked the staff to weigh in, and they did. A lot of what you're about to hear came from them. And also, I want to caution you, because this is going to sound like bragging sometimes. We're not bragging on us. We are rejoicing in what the Spirit has done with all of us broken, imperfect, messed up people. Because that's who we are. There's not a holy one here. If you're a holy person who is visiting here, you're the only one. The rest of us are a mess, and to see what the Spirit is doing with us anyway is exciting. In a world that is divided, and among churches that are split and in turmoil, Fourth Avenue stands as an oasis of peace, unity, and love. And I am grateful to God for his gift to this church. And we thank him for his great gift to not only us, but also this community. Since January 2014, we've had 94 households, that's 255 people, including 92 children, place membership at 4th Avenue. That's a lot. This year alone, in the two and a bit months we've had in this year, we've had 17 households join us, consisting of 54 people, including 22 children. Our giving has continually increased, although I've never preached a sermon on it. And I was actually raked over the coals by a guy. Well, he tried to rake me. I'm not easily raked. Uh, and he, he tried to rake me over the coals about, you ought to be preaching more on giving. He wasn't a member here. He had a mission he wanted us to support. And so he, he had, he had a, an ulterior motive, shall we say. But he said, you've really got to preach on... And I said, I don't really need to. These people will give when they are challenged. And you always have. You see, in January 2015, a year after I got here, we averaged 23,000 a week. A year later, January 2016, it was 24,808. This year so far, 29,207. And I wanna, I wanna brag on you a little bit here. I wanna make sure you understand something. This doesn't really represent growing attendance as much as it does a growing heart. Um, I'm not excited about numbers. The shepherds will tell you that. Every time they start talking about numbers, they, I start hearing Charlie Brown's teacher. I, I, I've had people say, oh, well, I will teach you how to do an Excel sheet. No, you won't, because it's not mandatory, and I won't let you. I have no interest in these things except as a measure of the human heart. And you are giving, even though you're not being pushed, because your heart is growing. Our Sunday school attendance 
is the envy of other churches. In a world where only, and this is consistent, dedicated church goers, 30 to 40% of them attend Sunday school, we consistently bounce between 70 and 75%. And that's amazing. That's dedication. Because Sunday school is after worship here. So it's like you could escape. <laughs> Other churches put Sunday school first, so you, you gotta be up anyway, you might as well go. We even give you the opportunity to escape and you stay to really study scripture. And I'm very proud of you. I brag on you everywhere I go. Just looking at our kids, average Sunday school attendance for birth through sixth grade here is 124. Wednesday averages 104. Here's a shocker to me, but this is really due to the Spirit of God at work in this place and also the amazing Marion and Catherine, to be honest. There are 194 households here with children and 74% of them are involved in either Wednesday or, or Sunday programming. These parents, the, the amount of them, the percentage that are involved is staggering. When I told this to a preacher in Texas on the phone the other day, he went silent for a while. I wondered if I'd lost him. And he said, that's a good job. Because he had just been talking to me about his church where the members have attended there on average since Noah was in second grade. I've been to that church, and they, they can't get anybody to do anything. And he was asking, how do you get them to do it? And I wasn't going to tell them, hire Marion. No. <laughs> Instead, we talked about some other things, but this is great. Twelve babies were dedicated last year. That's about average. We've had more than that in recent years. More and more young families are finding a home here, and that excites me. This is an active, loving missional, intergenerational church. We celebrate the births of our babies and we celebrate those in their 90s that are having birthdays because they're both here and they're all in support. You can go to churches where everybody looks like you. Your age, your race, your economic, your political views. If you, and that's not all wrong. There are some good things there, but when you come here, what we have in common is Jesus Christ. What we have in common is an absolute passion to help our community in any way we can, physically, spiritually, morally, financially, however we can help our community. And because of that, all ages singing together. Young ones can see faithful, supportive older members. Older members can see faithful, loving, serving young members. This is a family, and that's brilliant. Speaking of Wednesday nights, our Awana program is growing with more participants than ever before. And I want to caution you, when I say ever before, that's what's been told to me. Ever before to me is three years, two months ago. But others who have been involved are saying more community people are being involved. We have adult programming here on Wednesdays as well. Some of you because you work through the day with small groups and, and charities and the like, aren't involved in Wednesday night. And I want you to know, I understand that. I get that. That's okay. You, I enjoy a night with my, my wife as well. 
But here, always remember, there is a class, there are prayer times, we have support groups that meet here. There is something going on for you here. I gotta brag about Mark Duckworth. We have so many Marks. When I say Mark, 16 guys go, it's me. No. <laughs> Mark Duckworth. Our worship leader and the team he is building are the envy of our religious tribe and beyond. I cannot say enough good about him. He makes sure every Sunday that we have a mix of instrumental and a cappella so that the traditions stay alive. It was his idea to have the old-time hymn sing about a month or so ago. That was, that would have never, I would have never thought of that. He did, and it went, yeah, it went well, didn't it? Had we not done that, we wouldn't have known that some of you can really lead songs. We also would not have learned that wonderful term that J.C. told us, note cookie, for the, the round pitch pipe thingy, which I think is a completely ill-engineered harmonica, frankly, but that's, that's just me. Uh, Mark told me he even runs an Excel sheet on what hymns were using, when they were used last, how many times we're using them. So you could never fault him for saying, well, we're always doing new, we're always doing old. He mixes them, and it's done on purpose. And your instincts, brother, are amazing. And anybody who shows talent, he incorporates into the team very quickly. Now, if you ever wonder, why aren't more people involved? When you're a church fellowship that have run away your musicians for 200 years, you don't have many musicians. <clears throat> but they are coming back. And thankfully, we live in a place where we have them. Our attendance is growing. It's not spectacular. Sometimes slow growth is good. We have fewer ups and downs than we did in years past. Our lower section's almost always full. We're down a bit today. Up section, we have anything from one or two to 40. It's growing. By the way, those of you that have always attended and sat up top, now if you've sat down here, it doesn't apply. You've only sat up top. You owe it to yourself one time at least to come sit near the front down here. The singing sounds different. The whole experience is different. You may have done that, and that's why you're up there. But um, <laughs> give it a go. The seats are not assigned. We are setting up Fourth Avenue for the future. Many of our shepherds are younger men compared to shepherds in some churches. They're certainly younger than me. And they are active in shepherding men and women for the future leadership of this congregation. And look at our hires. We have hired Lauren King. We have hired Evan and the future of the church people. They are leaders of the church now. Get that right. You understand. But we're grooming them to be the leaders when their time comes. That's coming soon, people. <laughs> Every time I wake up in the morning and I get out of bed and go, ow, your day's getting closer. <laughs> You're already leading, but one day we will sit and follow you. And that the church here will outlive me is more wonderful than I could tell you. Makes me happy. Many churches, when the minister leaves, the attendance dips. I'm not leaving, but the day that I can no longer climb the stairs to speak, I don't think it's going to dip. I think it's going to go from strength to strength, and I'm grateful for that. We've set up pastoral care ministers. You guys rock. 
you have hit every... We lied to you. We didn't mean to. We were going off on history. We said, you'll, we call them jump balls when we send out somebody's in need. We say, you, you probably only get one or two a month. You've had more jump balls than the NCAA tournament. <laughs> and you've not dropped a one. Not a single one. I'm amazed. Every time we call on you, you've been there. I thank God for you. A word about your shepherds. I've spent most of the last two decades flying around the U.S. and Canada working with elderships and shepherds. <clears throat> it has not been fun. Sometimes it's the most grueling, hard work I've ever done, but not here. Here, your shepherds are concerned about souls and people, and they love people, and they hang around people, and they bring people in their homes. They've got the gift of hospitality. There are, I can assure you, no cliques, no power mongers, nobody wanting to be chief elder. They are at peace. In fact, one time, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is struggling. <clears throat> Cammie asked me, she said, why do the meetings go so long? And I said, because they like each other. They're not fighting, they're visiting. I'm sitting back going, come on, people. Wrap this up. I like you too, but I like Cammie more. Let's finish this. <clears throat> Here's something you may not know, and I hope this excites you. Our podcast of sermons and classes are downloaded thousands of times a week. Whatever is done here, in fact, there have been a couple sermons that have been downloaded more than 20,000 times. I have been called an idiot by some of my preacher friends because we don't charge for anything. We don't even have a donation box there. No, we're not going to. People, they've looked at me and said, how are you going to retire? I've said, I'm going to die. <laughs> Every time I go to a lectureship, they'll say, we'll set up a table for you to sell your stuff. Thank you, brother. The Bible says that Jesus will remember every cup of cool water. This is kind of lukewarm, but all right. <clears throat> I have a word with them anyway. Oh, it is water. Okay. Anyway, um, <clears throat> you never know. Um, our sermons here are used as the preacher for churches all over the U.S. that don't have a preacher. I personally know of <clears throat> two churches in Iowa, one in Nebraska, two in Kansas, two in British Columbia, one each in Washington State, Louisiana, and Saskatchewan that will use this sermon next Sunday for their sermon. And how many houses, by the way, good commercial time. Those of you that are listening online, if you use our stuff as your class, small group stuff, or sermon, let us know, because that encourages us. We don't want a penny from you. We just want to be encouraged. But more than that, what we do here is influencing churches everywhere. Now, Harpeth Hills has an instrumental service. Now, Otter Creek is instrumental. And women, before I got here, please, God was working on this, but you guys took 
the first one over the wall gets shot. Right? <clears throat> you guys are either brave or stupid enough to go. But now they're instrumental churches like Otter Creek as uh, uh, women are preaching alongside of Josh. But more than that, I just got this today. <clears throat> this is kind of inside baseball. The Bell Trust. Can I just have a show of hands of who's heard of the Bell Trust? I was afraid of that. Just a few. The Bell Trust was established by some wealthy Church of Christ people years ago to support churches that were struggling, could be financially or with their building, and also big-time missions. And a lot of Church of Christ people have tapped into that over the years. $30 million have been distributed. Some people here have received Bell Trust money for work they've done with missions and charities. And this paragraph, and again, this was handed to me during the worship today. The original trust agreement written in 1956, there was a definition of Churches of Christ that included a stipulation that restricted our giving only to churches that were a cappella in our worship practice. As you may know, this has required us to no longer consider requests from the Fourth Avenue Church in light of your situation in order for us to be true to the trust agreement. Hang on. Earlier this year, the current trustees filed a legal petition to amend the wording of the definition of Churches of Christ in order to remove that restricting situation. Brothers and sisters, we are changing the definition of what it means to be a church of Christ. You're doing that. And that's just amazing to me. The, there's stuff I'm going to have to skip because there's so much stuff here. I continue to work with local, national, and international law enforcement agencies, military groups, hospitals, universities. Everywhere I go, I talk about Fourth Avenue. I hand out cards, and people in all of these places are listening online. Lives are being changed because of what you do here. We have um, a lot of new work in the community. If I finish this, uh, there's a baptistry right behind me. <clears throat> Talk among yourselves. We have harmony services here, Lamont Lester, that was his idea. And every single one of those, Fourth Avenue has made up the majority of the attendance. You don't give up. I want to tell you something. It's going to be slow. Changing culture is slow. Once again, however, you're the first one over the wall. I'm proud of you. We've increased greatly our work with feeding the poor with One Generation Away, Community Outreach Ministries, Grace Works, Habitat for Humanity, Meals on Wheels, Community Mothers Group. We've started His Beloved and Our Beloved programs. If you're a visitor and don't know what this is, if I say something politically incorrect, I, I apologize. I'm not always sure of the nomenclature. We have people here with special needs. 
but they are special to us and special to God. They are our beloved. And so we have classes for them. We have classes and safe spaces for their caregivers as well who need a break. We, we have special events for them. And if a child has difficulty with being overstimulated and needs a safe place, Marion and Catherine led the way in creating a safe, sensory, safe room downstairs for them to go to. They are not problems to us. They are our brothers and sisters, and we embrace them. I'm proud of this church. By the way, other churches are watching. I get a call or an email every now and then. How did you guys get that started? Who do I talk to? That's great. Even something as simple as a Fourth Avenue app. Confession time. Gary Schrader came in. Gary Schrader uh, took Nancy's place when Nancy Baldwin retired, and I felt for him. Who can take Nancy's place? Gary didn't try to be Nancy, but he has come in and made it his own job, and he is knocking it out of the park every single day. We love you, Gary. He came in all excited. I'm going to start an app for the church. Why? I said that inside. I said that inside. He kept talking. I kept asking why inside, and then it went to the wah, 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 wah. And then he went off and did it. And it's an incredible app. It is being downloaded all over the world. I'm not exaggerating. I'm getting notices from people in other countries that they use it to listen, they use it to stay in touch, they use it to pray for people here on our prayer list, they use it to send prayer requests in. Wow, Gary, you did good. I, I do need a universal sign language for I gave via the app. Because every time the collection trade comes to me, I feel really guilty. I'm sitting right up front. I'm an example to all the children. And I'm going, nope. <laughs> I, 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 what is the, I, if you can't do this because phones don't look like that anymore. They don't do this either. <laughs> I've got, we've got to find a badge I gave via app or <laughs> a, a stamp. Maybe a stamp on your hand. If the app could stamp your hand, that would be helpful. Regardless, thank you. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm just going to put it to you this way. There was some in instability in the youth ministry when I got here. I'm not going to say it's anybody's fault. It was just the way it was. It's, it is stable, growing, and great. And I want to brag on you guys. Yeah. I want to brag on you teens for a minute. When I first moved here, this was the most disappointing section. Because when I preached, they were talking out loud. They weren't even whispering. They were looking at their phones, laughing, talking, going back. I mean, there, it was... It was sad. You have grown up to be such spiritual people. 
and your leaders and the parents that work with you are doing such a fine job that every time I think of you, I get a stupid grin on my face because you rock. And whether you stay here or your jobs take you elsewhere in life, you are going to take Jesus with you. And that excites me. Well done. Many of them are reading through the Bible in the, uh, the program that Lauren set up. Many of them are memorizing vast swaths of Scripture. They are involved in class discussion. Oh, i got to brag on this as well. Every church I've ever worked with, when a teen, new, new teen, walked in, it was like tumbleweeds went by. Everything went quiet. Nobody knew how to handle it. When a new teen walks into our teens, they surround them, make friends with them, make contact, find points of common, and the new teen is at home like this. I've never seen that before in my life. Well done. I'm proud of you. Welcoming new people is hard for teens. You ought to applaud that. <laughs> teens are now teaching classes. And our own Hannah Anderson was a recent very successful participant in a Next Generation Preacher Search that was at Pepperdine University. Hannah's got some talent. Watch that girl. She's going to grow up and be better than all of us. Our greeters, it's, you go into many churches, you don't get greeted. Or if it is, it's somebody that's been there a long time. There are roots in their legs. <laughs> Hand you a bulletin. You're going, okay, is this instructions? You don't really know what's going on. Our greeters are friendly and welcoming, and I'm very proud of them. Little school. I could go on at great length about little school, except time won't let me do that. There's so much more. The, the shepherds have asked me to craft a vision that we can all get around and say, this is our vision. We say love, connect, grow, serve. That's our job. That's what we do. Those are our bowling pens to make sure we've knocked those down. But I told him, I already work off of a vision that's in my head. And that is we exist to be an outpost of heaven. That this is what heaven looks like. This is what heaven feels like. This is how people in heaven support each other. This is how people in heaven love and care for those even outside of their doors. We were having lunch, and a couple tables away was a woman in priestly garb, so I assume she was Episcopalian, and it turned out that she was, and she was obviously doing some premarital counseling with a young couple there, and I told my wife, I probably should introduce myself to her before we leave, you know, and Cammy was a little shocked because I'm so misanthropic. I, I'm, uh, if you don't know what that means, I'm not going to tell you because I don't. It means I don't care for people that much. No, no. what it means, I'm a loner. I'm a, uh, I'm a loner. I'm talking now because I'm working. But I said, I better. So I walked over and said, hi, I'm Patrick Mead. And I'm from the Fourth Avenue Church of Christ. And she interrupted me. Her face lit up. She said, we love your people. We love that church. And she went on and on about how this church is not worried about labels, but we help anybody. And that news is getting out. It's getting out not only so that people will come to us who have needs, but other churches are doing it now. Do you remember last Easter? 
with the walk down Main Street and the different stations with art and the like, there's a reason why the people who ran it brought us the stuff to displays because we were leading the charge. That was you. That was the Holy Spirit. There's so much more to say. But I'm going to let James, the brother of Jesus, say it. Mark, if you'd bring your team back up. And I'm going to ask you to stand as we hear the words of Scripture. Do not be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Now, dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Amen.